Now I declare that the Lord has given me the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him, and I am being filled with the knowledge of His will, in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. As a result of this, I am walking the manner worthy of the Lord. I am pleasing Him in all respects. I am bearing fruit in every good work, and I am increasing in the knowledge of God. Now again, I incline my ears to His word. The word is entering my heart. It is giving me light and direction. It is healing me in every area. And it's making me more and more like the Lord Jesus. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. amen. If you believe, you give me another amen. amen. Again, I declare the understanding is your portion today in Jesus' name. Amen. The Lord will solve for you unnecessary disagreements today. Amen. <laughs> in Jesus' name. Amen. There are things you are disagreeing with that are the key to your salvation. Amen. Are you getting my point? Amen. Understanding will come to you today. In the name of Jesus. Amen. You know, Paul wrote to Timothy, he said, From your youth you have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise unto salvation. What that means is that when the Scriptures, when the Word of God fills your heart, it gives you wisdom. Wisdom means something you are supposed to do, how you are supposed to apply knowledge. And it says unto salvation, which means that it will deliver you from where you are right now to where you are supposed to be. This is a matter of fact. For example, you are a married man, you are a married woman, you are very unhappy there is something that you need to know. You're a businessman, things are not working well, there is something you need to know. You are building a career, things are not moving well, there is something you need to know. Even if things are moving well, you can't be on the same spot forever. God has designed that you will be fruitful and you will multiply. So when it's time to be fruitful, when that time to multiply comes, there is something you need to know that you did not know before. And that is why Paul wrote that God and that the the scriptures are able to make you wise unto salvation. It is what you get to know that produces salvation for you. And that is why we pray like that all the time, that when the word is coming forth, it will enter your heart in the name of Jesus. It will solve the problem. You know, there are problems you don't even know you had. You don't even know it's a problem. You are so used to it, you don't know it's a problem. But when the wisdom of God comes, it will solve for you even things you did not realize was a problem. It will help you to know God better. You will please, please Him more and more. That's what it does. That's what understanding does. Sometimes, you know, <laughs> and I was talking to my wife, this, this, uh, we were looking at something this morning. I saw an advert. That advert, apparently, I found out, is actually old. <laughs> I found out later. That somebody was showing, was, you know, these WhatsApp videos that go up and down. They said one Japanese company developed a car that only runs on water. On one gallon of water, you can drive for 80 kilometers at uh, one, one good speed. I just read it. I showed it to my wife. I said, this thing is a lie. I said, said, how do I know? I said, it is simple. Where is the energy coming from? They said, now listen to this one. They said that they break, they have a special device that extracts hydrogen from water. And then that one, that combines back to oxygen. And then that, one long story, emits energy by which the car is moved forward. I told my wife, I said, let me tell the lie in it. With which energy are they splitting hydrogen from water? <laughs> you just woke up in the morning, you just sound deceiving the whole world. So when I read that thing, when I saw that video, I just went online, started Googling up, only to find out that it's been established that the amount of energy that you need to, to extract hydrogen from water is enough to power the car itself. So just use the energy to power the car. <laughs> and it's been found out that all those people that say they are making engines that are running on water, they just try to deceive people. That water is one of the most stable compounds you have. 
and the amount of energy required to split it is so high that it's not worth the effort in a, in a motor vehicle. It's not that the technology is not available, but it's like going around in circle. You waste energy to crack water, combine it back to get energy. Why don't you just use energy in the first place? Now, why am I saying all of this? So I told my wife, I said, look, if you have understanding in life, I just watched the video and said, this is, I forget this, is not possible. I said, if you have understanding in life, it's very difficult for you to be deceived. I have sat here before. I was telling my wife this morning. Here, I finished preaching one day. One young man came, that, ah, they, when they came to, about three of them, they came to see me, that they, in Enugu here, they had invented an engine that does not need fuel. Do you hear what I said? You wonder what I said? They have a generator that you don't put fuel inside. Just be running and powering your house. Have you ever heard of that before? No, even if you've not seen it, you've heard of it, people talking about it. The moment he told me, I asked them a simple question. I said, where is the energy coming from? You are going to power a house. I said, where is the energy? Energy must be consumed. Where, where is it? They explained that is the rotation. Of, I said, no, 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 I know the rotation. What is powering the rotation? They described and described. I said, my guys, I'm not persuaded though. But I didn't think they were lying to me anyway. I told them, I gave them counsel on some things. And I went to the office. I told one of my colleagues. I said, I, I had this experience yesterday. Somebody told me this. He said it's not possible. He gave me the year. He just told me straight. He said, from this particular year, long ago, maybe 100 years ago, the American Patent Office stopped granting patents for what they call continual, perpetual motion machines. Ah, I said, thank you very much. That someone in the group told me just made it. He said, I shouldn't. Now, what was the reason? I just said, where is the energy coming from? Because as a young student in secondary school, they told us about the fact that energy cannot be destroyed. It cannot be created out of nothing. It's only converted from one form to another. So I said, where are you converting your own from? And they gave me no answer, and they didn't believe it. Are you getting my point? That's why understanding is important. It makes your life easy. When they say invest 700 naira and in two months you make how much? Anyway, they say 30% per month. <laughs> you heard of it? MMM Nigeria. I just asked a simple question. What is the question? Where is the money coming from? What are you selling? What are you buying? It's other goods or services. And if it's in, I said, listen, my friend, if you don't have the answer, it's a pyramid scheme. It's a Ponzi scheme. Somebody's going to be hot at the bottom. Somebody says, it's working. I said, I don't need any more information. If you get, and you heard me, I came here immediately and warned everybody. When somebody is giving you 30% a month, Without telling you what he's doing. Did he discover crude at the back of his backyard? In which case, he does not need your money. Somebody said, they said, the business they are doing, there's a business. You know, there's a way. I said, listen, if that's the truth, let us, let's assume it's possible, right? Why will he give it to you? He'll go to the bank, take a loan at 30%, 20-something percent per annum, and give himself 30% per month. In two years, we have a second and go to it. also... Once he's offering to you and it's not your pastor, even if it's your pastor, forget to. I see how the pastor fooling himself last week until my wife corrected it, put him back into order. 
Now, one said, why would a man give you the money? If he can make 30% a month on a business, he won't share it with you. The reason why he's asking you to put your money is because he's not making any money. He's using your money to pay those who paid ahead of you, and eventually everything will collapse. Why did I go into all of this? This is what understanding does for you. That's why you hear me say it all the time. They will say that one man was going on the road. We is doing like this. Yeah. And since that time, he has been having a headache. You know, my, my attitude, I just said, my friend Claire, I don't believe it. They say, why not? I said, did he offend the witch? Just walking on the road. We just look like this. Say, I don't like you. Why? All those on are film. What do I call them? Film. Film. It's film. I say, you just give somebody, if you give somebody money, he can use it to make you disappear. I, you say that, this man said, I don't care who said it, it's a lie. What are you? You begged for money. With the spirit of God in me, I dashed you 200 naira to solve your problem. I will now disappear. <laughs> just pray, I really disappear. Because if I reappear... <laughs> So when you hear us talk sometimes, it's simply, it's understanding. Though. They say, wake up at night, that's when the witches are moving. I said, listen, my friend, you said you are very wicked. They chose to move at night. Relax. Sleep your own sleep. Don't wake up and get involved in the activity. Are you a witch? Are you getting my point? They say, go to the village and go and deliver, do deliverance. I said, don't worry. The witches in the village can't affect you in the city. Don't worry. And when you are going to the village, you know the truth? They hear you are coming. They relocate. What is my reason? Greater is he that is in me because I'm in Christ than he that is in the world. That's it. That's it. That, there's no other explanation. Please, I'm not lying. God sees my heart. I have asked my wife, tell us the truth. Do you guys pray against witches in the house? If you ever hear the word witch in my mouth, it's when I'm preaching. Yeah. Prayer time in my house. Huh. Watch when my wife is drilling the children on how to pray. Their prayer is all this. I have understanding. I am, I, am a, I am a child of God. I am able to do this. It's about ability. It's about ability. As for the witches, I don't think my children know they are witches. It's only those bigger ones that come and listen to me. My children don't believe there's ojuju in the dark. What do they call ojuju? No, children can be afraid of the dark. I'm not saying they, are not, they, they may not be, though my children are not, but they don't, the concept of ojuju being inside a place, they, they did not grow up with it. The Lord is good. Why am I going through all of that? Just to emphasize to us what understanding does. Understanding just helps you to know that this thing can't happen the way they've said it. This thing is not true. He said that one witch in the vi- one woman in the village said that I will never marry. So anybody can say what they like. Buari, everybody abusing me every day. He doesn't listen. Why are you listening? I don't know. Are, are you getting my point? Why are you listening? One day, man was driving past a man of God. Something happened. Somebody nodded him like this. You know what this means? So, <laughs> waka, hair. He said, Daddy, this is what he's doing. The man said, he's not doing anything. He said, look, he's doing waka. He said, no, he's just showing us that he has five complete fingers. Count them. <laughs> that was his interpretation, that all this one you are doing. And do like, <laughs> like one day, one, day, one of my children came. Came to, say, came to report the, one of your siblings. I said, what, what happened? He said, yeah, yeah. He told me, Meg. <laughs> I said, what did he say? He said, he told me, Meg. 
So I asked our housekeeper, I said, Chi, we are big. What is Meg? He said, it means mad to you. <laughs> oh, the Lord is good. So I told the little boy, don't mind, there's no mad to you, all right? You are fine. <laughs> because I didn't want to tell the little boy that it has no meaning now. <laughs> mad. You know when you're a child, all right? When they tell you, man, you know, it's annoying. When you're an adult, when they do man, you say, what's wrong with you? <laughs> Why? As an adult, you know what matters in life. So man doesn't do anything again. In the same manner as, as a spiritual adult, when they tell you, say, which they do you, man, you say, man, that is the problem. When we say they're casting a spell, well, they don't have other work to do. That's, that's what, how spiritual adults take all of those things. It's the same thing as children tend to say, man, the Lord is good. I said, the Lord is good. Why are we going to all of that? Talking about what? Understanding. When you have understanding, believe me, you are free. The Lord is good. Let me not say anything further about that. Let's get into our teaching for today. It's our school of Bible exegesis. Let's continue from where we stopped. Read, finish reading that portion of the book of Ephesians. Last time we read um, from, chapters, uh, from verse 17 of chapter 4. And uh, we are going to just continue from... Verse 1 of chapter 5. Now let me just quickly review one or two things. Remember we said that Paul wrote these two um, letters. The Colossian letter was first before the Ephesian letter. The Colossian letter was written specifically to a church. But the Ephesian letter was more of an encyclical. Now in both of them you see generally the same things talked about. One is a bit bigger than the other one. The smaller one being the first one to be written addresses specific issues, adapt some things to, uh, to answer issues in a particular assembly or group of assemblies. But the efficient one is more, is broader, that is, so it doesn't usually address specific issues. But it does a lot of teaching us of the fundamental truths of Christianity. That's what you find in both of them. Last time I emphasized the fact that theory is a foundation for, practice, for what is practical. It's only when you have understood the theoretical aspect that the practical aspect becomes easy. And that's what Paul did. If you take Ephesians as an example, the first three chapters, he was establishing spiritual truths. And in the latter three chapters, he began to give practical um, guides on how to live our lives as Christians. That book, and for both books, is where you will find, or are places where you will find um, some of the most detailed instructions given to Christians. All right? But I emphasized last time, let me just say it again. I emphasize that, you see, spiritual, um, the laws of Christianity are innumerable. They, are, they don't have a specific number. For Jews, we know they had 613. But for us Christians, <laughs> every time in life, I said Christianity breeds. Every time you get into a particular situation, there is something you need to discover, which may not have been written before that time. We looked at one particular thing that Paul said in that, um, I think one of those last verses in chapter 4. He said, get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, slander, you know, as well as all, all types of evil behavior. So we said that, you see, that's very general. There are many evil behaviors not described in the scriptures, but which we come to understand as we are living our lives. For example, there is no cocaine pushing in the Bible. There's no prohibition from the scriptures. 
concerning drug dealing. Have you seen it? Anyway, the Bible never said that shall not be a cocaine dealer. Because there were no cocaine dealers <laughs> at that time. There was no cocaine. The Bible did not say that shall not be a sports fixer. <laughs> Are you getting my point? But it's a general word. All such evil behaviors. All such types of evil behavior. So we know, just by observing it, that anything that appears like evil behavior is not a Christian. I mean, Christians should not be found in them. So those are the things we looked at last time that, listen, the laws of Christianity are just so many that they will keep on discovering them as we are moving in life because this Holy Spirit is alive inside us. Now, that's where we were. Let's now continue from that point, okay? Now, remember, we're looking at the practical aspects of the Christian life. Let's read uh, chapter 5 from verse 1. We stopped in chapter 4. It says, imitate God. Now, I'm reading the New Living Translation. That's the main scripture I'm using to lead this. Even though my normal, the usual one I read is New American Standard. It said, imitate God, therefore, in everything you do, because you are his dear children. Live a life filled with love, following the example of Christ. What is the example? He loved us and offered himself as a sacrifice for us, a pleasing aroma to God. That is, the offering of himself as a sacrifice to God was something that was pleasing to the Lord. And he said that is an example of living a life filled with love. That's what he said we should do. If you listen to my, spirit, my series, there's a series we taught here some time ago titled Walking in the Spirit. I explain that because sometimes we use the expression walking in the Spirit. Some Christians look at it and say, um, what does it mean to walk in spirit? When I was in university, we had the people behaving like that. When they are walking on the road, they are speaking in tongues. Are you getting my point? Not a bad thing. If you can do it, you will be blessed for it. Amen? Amen. All right. But that is not what it means to walk in the spirit. When you tell the man, what do you want to eat? He comes to your house. You have rice. You have um, pande yam with tonugu soup. And you also have uh, a bacha there. I say, what do you want to eat? The man bows, puts his hand on his stomach, and begins to speak in tongues. Why? He wants to check what the Spirit says he should eat. Is that good? Is it bad? It is bad. <laughs> it is bad. When you look at food, identify the one you like. Identify the one that agrees with you. Identify the one that your desire is speaking to at that point. I mean, and eat it. Stop harassing the Holy Spirit on what you should eat. If you have a problem with food, then pray about it. But it doesn't mean you are spiritual. It means you are fake when you behave like that. Don't harass us. I don't like fake spiritual people. They annoy me. Why am I behave, talking like this? I have seen them for a very long time. Usually they are fake. It is not a sign of spirituality. It is a sign of ignorance. They want to pretend to you like they know God. They don't know anything. Half of the times they are not hearing anything. Their own hearts are speaking to them. So that tomorrow when they want to confuse you. Why are you not going to work today? My spirit says I should not go. Well, did you go last week? You did not go. The other week you didn't go. You are a lazy man. Your spirit says you should not go to work. They now make this leading of the spirit thing. Alright? Just abuse it. No spirit abuse. There's drug abuse. Holy Ghost fire abuse. They've abused the spirit. All kinds of abuse. It's not right. As such times, the Lord expects you, this is spiritual work, use your, spiritual, use your intelligence 
put all the information you have together and make a decision. I don't want to eat this now. I'll be preaching the next 30 minutes to weigh me down. It's simple. There's nothing like my spirit says I should not eat uh, pandayam at such times like this. I've been preaching for a long time. Eating pandayam 30 minutes before you start ministering is not good for your spiritual work. When you want to pray, say, praise the Lord. <laughs> I mean, you say, check him. Is it good? <laughs> Are you getting my point? Don't make it look like... <laughs> anyway, I know what I'm trying to say. So when the Bible says walk in the spirit, that's not what it means. Walking in the spirit, all right, the summary of it, we talked about it that time. The summary of it, I can put a number of lines. One, walk according to the word of God as revealed. But when he was speaking specifically to the Galatians, what he was saying is that make sure that the love of God fills your heart when you want to make any decision. Walking in the spirit simply means this thing we're about to do. How will it benefit people? That's it. What is guiding you is what, you know, many questions people ask in life, they never ask about the other party. If they did, the answer would be clear. The one I gave as an example last time, people say that, where the Bible says we shouldn't marry two wives, call the women and say, where is it that you, tell me the women that want husbands that have two, hus- uh, two wives. I don't know whether you get my point here. The men are arguing, where did the Bible say we can't have two wives? Ask the women, that's all you need to do. Don't ask God. Okay, sisters, please put up your hand if you think women should be having two wives. There will be a crazy girls in there, I know. A few crazy girls will be there, I know. There are people like that. But most people say, like, like, by an overwhelming majority of 1982, they will tell you, no, we don't like the idea. We like our husbands to ourselves. Think about them, you won't ask such foolish questions. Are you getting my point? So only when a man thinks he's the only one God created, that he decides that the Bible did not say I shouldn't marry two wives. Where did the Bible ever say one time that a woman can have two husbands? Just show me. Have you ever seen it? Why is everybody quiet? Am I saying things you don't believe? Where did the Bible ever say it? That a woman can have two husbands? It's not in the scriptures. It is not there. The only woman that God complained about, Jesus complained about, was how many husbands has she had? Five. And that was not even the problem. The one he had that time was not even a husband. Are you getting what I'm going to say here? So I'm talking about walking in the spirit. This is what it means. This is a way to express walking in the spirit. Verse 2. Let live a life filled with love. Following the example of Christ. He loved us and offered himself as a sacrifice. A pleasing aroma to God. If you do that, you will find out many commandments are not necessary. You will find yourself doing what is right and not fulfilling the desires of the flesh. Now let's continue reading verse 3. Let there be, let there be no sexual immorality, impurity, or greed among you. In case you don't know, you don't know what greed is, it's trying to double your money overnight. That's what's called greed. <laughs> It says, such sins have no place among God's people. Now notice this. Obscene stories, foolish talk, coarse jokes, these are not for you. Christians don't tell dirty jokes. Words for believers must be edifying. Everything you say. My wife still had a real time with my son this morning explaining this thing to him. 
If you see, we read this one yesterday. Let me just want to go back to this in chapter 4 quickly. When it was saying that your words must be, must be, where, where is it quickly? Now help me now. Am I the only one here? Chapter 4, where it was saying that your words must always, eh? 29, yes. Let's just go back there for a second. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29. He said, do not use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. The same thing is talking about here in chapter 5. He said, obscene stories, foolish talk, and coarse jokes, these are not for you. That's one reason why I will not, you know, some, like I told you, many of these things, um, there are no commandments about them, but use common sense. I am one person that do, I don't believe that, uh, you say, this one is gospel music, this one is not gospel music, so Christian must never listen to one that's not gospel. I say, listen, my friend, it's not every, it, music, entertainment does not have to be church. Just like your doctor does not have to be a Christian. Are you getting my point? Uh, but you use common sense in what you are doing. One of the reasons, as much as I like jokes, people who make you laugh, I like them a lot. The only reason why I will not pay my money or sit down and be st- listening to um, Basket Mouth and all those guys is that you listen to them once. I've never been to their shows, but I've seen them on, on a CD and all of that. A lot of the jokes are dead. Some of the things you hear in their CDs, they've been edited. They didn't let them record the whole thing. One day, there's one brother, I will not mention his name because it's very embarrassing. Powerful minister. I used to, I have had a minister. I used to pastor a church. Now he's the comedian. One day I saw him on TV, cracking jokes. By the time he was done, I don't know whether I was with Israel. Yeah, that day I was with Israel. I said, Israel, Ichabod. What is Ichabod? The glory has departed. One day I was there when this man was ministering. In the last 10 years, okay, in the last, um, okay, let me say 15 years, I can count, he will be among the top. It's among the top five meetings that I've attended. I've felt such a blessing coming forth from the pulpit. In the last 15 years, one of the meetings he preached in is among the top five that I've attended in the last 15 years. Yet now he's there on TV. I heard a joke he cracked that day. If Ali Baba said it, and not Ali Baba would even say that. Ali Baba doesn't do that. I wanted to say, I go die now, I won't remember. <laughs> from basket mouth, I may not be too disappointed. But from a good eye's mouth, I say, boy, it's not necessary. But from this preacher, I said to Israel, Ikabod, the glory has departed. And I just shook my head. The kind of joke you can't even repeat to explain to somebody, look at the bad thing he said. You have to go, you, when you want to say the joke, you hold your toothbrush. When you talk and finish, quickly brush. Speed, say, I just wanted to tell you what rubbish I had today. That's why I don't need some commandments to not go to certain places. So when they are doing a night of a thousand laughs, it's a nice idea, generally speaking, but I wouldn't pay to go because the kind of jokes they will tell, they will hurt my soul. So I like it when Christians crack their jokes and they are clean. Are you getting my point? Yes, That's it. That's why I told you also, the Bible makes it clear that playing April Fool is very, very ungodly. Yes, I haven't done it in, in 28 years. Yeah, I'm not joking. The only one I fell for the temptation recently, that one was so funny. Somebody harassed everybody. Like, this, you know, WhatsApp is written, this was a few years ago. 
So I fell for it, number one. It was so clever. I had a very good laugh. The guy said, check all your messages. It's, it's been published somewhere on WhatsApp. I said, what? I quickly checked. Only to find out, ooh, April Fool, you know that kind of thing. All right, but generally, I, I said, 28 years, I haven't done it. You know why? I just read the Bible. It said, like a madman casting fire and, and fire brands and arrows. So is a man who deceives his neighbor and says, was I not joking? That's what Solomon said. The day I read it, I said, ah, wait. There is a better way to make people laugh. So he says, obscene stories, foolish talk, coarse jokes, these are not for you. Instead, let there, be thanks, uh, let there be thankfulness to God. Let there be thanksgiving. Let there be giving of thanks. You know, I said something earlier. Anytime God says, don't do this, look closely. There's always a replacement. It doesn't leave you hanging. If he says, don't talk like this, he'll tell you how to talk. Because you must talk. He created you to talk. If you don't keep company here, look closely. There's a place you should keep company. And if you don't keep company where he says you should, you will find yourself where he said you should not. Because company, you must keep. Are you getting my point? So when the Bible says, don't do this, he tells you what to do. For example, people make... I mean, that's another thing. I, I don't laugh at it. You mock the head of state. No matter how much I don't like him, I don't laugh. The president. No, once he's in power, no. I, in fact, the truth is I don't even find it funny. Because if I'm praying for a man, you can't be mocking him as you be funny. All the jokes they cracked about Buhari, I laughed last while it was still contest time. Are you getting my point? When it was election, when it was a campaign, it was a contesting. Once he sat on the seat... Anything you say, number one, I'm not likely to see it. I hardly talk to people who do such things. We're not that close. But when I do get it, I don't find it funny. I don't. It just, in fact, for you to know, it's a matter of policy. Recently, I saw one that they shared when the, the campaigns were going on. And I laughed. I shared it. We laughed about it. The moment the man won the election, I stopped. It's not, fun, it's not funny again. Why is the head of state? I can't be praying for him that he would do well. And I'll be making mockery of his soul. It's not allowed. It is not allowed. So let's bear this in mind. I told you, look, the, the commandments of Christianity, they are innumerable. If, 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 they say, if it was by our power, and God said, what would you like to be, Christian or Jew? I will say Jew. Because the Jew, I have only 613. I also master them. Some of them just kept once a year. Many of them is once a year, two, twice a year, three times a year. But Christian one keeps evolving. There's no, there's no, there's nothing like don't crack dirty jokes amongst the Jews, Jewish laws. But for us believers, it is expected. We don't have commandments that could have ticked this one off. But when we understand the spirit, we start working appropriately. Let's continue reading. So he said, instead of doing all of these things, what should we be doing? Let's be thankful. Somebody says something negative about the head of state, give thanks for his life. He says something negative about the economy, give thanks for the economy. Look for something to thank God for. You are preaching freely. You've gathered freely. You are not hiding. Is that not enough to thank God for? He said, instead, let there be giving of thanks. Verse 5. You can be sure that no immoral... Now, please, I want you to understand this. Number five, verse 5. You can be sure that no immoral, impure, or greedy person will inherit the kingdom of Christ and of God. For a greedy person is an idolater. Worshipping the things of this world. 
Don't be fooled by those who try to excuse these things. For the anger of God will fall on all who disobey them. Whether they are Christians or not. I added those last words. He said, don't participate in this in the things these people do. Uh, let me stop there before I read verse 8. Please, this is important to emphasize. When he was saying, let there be no sexual immorality, impurity, greed, cracking of useless jokes, telling of sin stories, viewing pornography of sin stories. That's where I, that's where I got that one from. Okay? Just adding my own to it. He said, why am I telling you this? Because you can be sure that if you are doing these things, you will not inherit the kingdom of Christ and of God. I said something at the beginning when I was dividing this into two. All right? That having established the spiritual principles, the truths of the realm of the spirit, he now said, let's not get down to the practical side. Now, what are the practical, what is the implication of this practical side? The implication is that number one, I said something. That if you are really walking by faith, if you believe the spiritual things, these practical things will come out of you naturally. That's number one I said. I said number two, if you do the things he said you should not do, what you are doing is that you are obstructing the flow of the blessing from the realm of the spirit that's supposed to flow from there into the physical realm. I said that. I said those two things. Now, so look at this now. Paul was not emphasizing. Why am I teaching you these things? Is this the way by which we attain righteousness by not doing these things? He said, no. Is this the way by which we get our results from God? He said, no. He said, but I can assure you. I said, let there be no greedy person. Let there be no impure person. Let there be no immorally, that is sexually speaking. Now, let there be no sexually immoral person amongst you. Why am I saying it? That no matter how hard you pray, no matter how hard you fast, no matter how hard you try to oppress certain spiritual principles, if you practice these things, you will not inherit the kingdom of Christ and of God. And kingdom of Christ does not, and of God does not mean just when you die. Because Jesus said something. If I, by the finger of God, do these things, he says, what does that mean? It means the kingdom of God is amongst you. That is what you saw Jesus represent. Going around healing the sick. Raising the dead, doing all those mighty works, doing good. That was a manifestation of God's kingdom. He was saying to believers, if you don't get away from these things, all this prayer you are praying for breakthrough, forget it. Is there all these prayers for breakthrough? Forget it. Listen. Oh God. You know this Bible is very deep. It's very, very deep. Daniel prayed. How long did it take his answer to reach him? How long? Is there a reason why you can't talk loud? I'm just curious. I mean, you know, it's, it's cold, I know, but this is off on that side. So those of you on this side, I'm sure you are warmer. How long did it take? I see, I was right. They are warmer. <laughs> the Lord is good. The question is, why? Many times, all right, of course, we know. The angel said clearly, the very first day you began to pray, I was dispatched. To get to you, I had quarrels on the way. There was one, some of, we Christians generally say it's an evil spirit, a principality and power, prince of, but the Bible only says it's a prince of Persia. And the same manner, it said there is a prince of your people. That's Michael. So they were princes. Okay? Now the prince of Persia withstood me. 
Now, I don't know whether it was an evil spirit or an angel on his own assignment. Because now, so angels be. Each person does his job. He doesn't care what the other fellow is doing. <laughs> Did you hear what I said? That's why one almost killed Balaam. And the angel of death didn't care who you were. Eh? Even if you are the first son of Moses, if you are in a house that didn't have door, uh, have blood on the door, you're dead. That's how angels behave. So I don't know that prince of Persia, who was he? I don't know. But the point is that certain things were out of order. That was why he withstood that guy from getting to Daniel for 21 days. Now, I'm not even analyzing him. Don't get stuck on what I've said about him. Don't just ignore it for a while because there's a lot of depth about it. You know, I said, what about when Michael came with the impression we had? Is it, look, that story is long. Let's not even discuss it. But it, look, that story just tells us one thing. God can release an answer and it doesn't get to you. Yes, that's all I want to get from that story. Let's not even analyze who was he, where did he come from, why was he there, why did he, why was he, why, why, why did he withstand? Let's not even talk about that. Just know one thing. God can release an answer and doesn't get there. So anytime God says, a father of many nations I have made thee. That day, the angel is dispatched. So to speak. The answer is dispatched. That day, the thing is activated. Between the day the Lord says it and Abraham receives Isaac is 21 days. Are you getting my point? Figuratively speaking now, 21 days. It takes 21 days in which negotiations are going on. Training is going on. Correction is going on. For the word that was released at the beginning to be able to reach the man. Let's not sit on it. Paul now said this to us here. You can be sure that that barrier will be there strong if the person is greedy. Verse 5 now. You can be sure that barrier will not be moved if the fellow is immoral, impure, or greedy. He will not inherit the kingdom of God and of Christ. Even though he has been blessed, she has been blessed with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. That is why, let me get back to it again. All this spirit, 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 me, it doesn't impress me. You can see the Lord began to tell me what the Lord said and what you will experience are two different things. Oh, 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 two different things. Get my message when I preached at one full gospel meeting titled The Role of Prophecy in the Life of a Believer. <laughs> what the Lord said and what you will experience are two different things. It is your duty as a believer to ensure that what the Lord said comes to pass in your life. The Lord said to Abraham, a father of many nations I have made thee. That is what he said. What will Abraham experience if he will walk before him and be perfect? Then that thing he said will come into his life. What will Abraham experience? You know that one of our favorite scriptures here, Genesis chapter 18, verse 19. I have chosen him that he will do what? Train his children and his household after him in the way of the Lord. How to do what? Righteousness and? Justice. What? Righteousness and? Justice. justice. Said so then what God said will come to pass. Which means if they don't do righteousness, they don't use justice, what God said is just hanging. I hope you are getting my point. That's why Paul was giving these direct instructions. He said, don't be fooled by those who try to excuse these sins. I was born like that. 
In our family, we are very stubborn people. You've not heard it before? No, no, no. It's, it's from my father's side. We don't take nonsense. We are hot-tempered. I was abused as a child. <laughs> that's an American story. Nigerians don't tell that. We don't, that's how you know that those stories are lies. We don't tell those stories. Not as if things like that don't happen. But the Bible says, don't be fooled by those who try to excuse these sins. Or those who say, it's your spirit that is righteous. You are of God. Anything you do cannot be a sin because whoever is of God does not sin. You see, Hananias and Sapphira, they were not Christians. That's why they died. That's an invention. The Bible makes it clear they believed. He <laughs> said, don't be fooled by those who try to excuse those sins. For the anger of God will fall on all who disobey him. And he was speaking specifically about those who persist in doing these things. He wasn't writing this to the community in Ephesus. He wasn't writing this to the community in Colise. No, he was writing it to the church and warning them that the fact that I preach the righteousness of faith does not mean you live carelessly. If you live carelessly, having heard the righteousness of faith, you will die the death of sin. Are you getting my point? That's the way it is. That's exactly what he was trying to say here. He said, don't, let's continue reading, verse 7. Don't participate in, these, in things these people do. For once you were full of darkness. We talked about that last time. But now you have light from the Lord. So live as people of light. For this light within you produces only what is good and right and true. Let's look at it again. He said there was a time you were an unbeliever. There was a time you did not understand the concept of the righteousness that is in God. He said, but that was then. This is now. Now you are questioning what people said were normal practices. At least now you can question it. There are things people told you it was okay. You do it. That's what young men do. That's what young women do. Fine. Paul said, there's no problem. That was a time of darkness. He said, but now you have light. Now you have light. Now you know it is wrong. Now you can be questioned. Now it comes to your mind. It becomes a topic of discussion in church. There are things that some people don't... Un- Look, <laughs> there was something somebody... I think it was true that told me once. He said, Pastor, thank you very much for this teaching. He said, look, some of these things... So we're talking about parents and all of that. He said, we didn't used to do them. Not because we were wicked. <laughs> but nobody taught us that they were supposed to be done. Are you getting my point? That's what Paul was saying. That there was a time of darkness... You did not know this was wrong. He said, but now you know. Don't excuse it. Because the number one reason why people can't be delivered is excuses. That's the number one reason. You know, you just have to, that is, if a, 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 a true believer settles down and accepts this is wrong, deliverance is closed. The reason why many people can't be delivered is that they, they, it's not with them that this is wrong. It is not with them that this is displeasing to the Lord. The Lord is not so real to them. What matters is, let my pastor not find out. Let my church not find out. It will hurt my position in church. And once you have that kind of attitude, God does not supply the spirit to overcome. What I'm telling you is a matter of fact. When you are persuaded something is out of order, deliverance from the bondage is so quick, is so close. Please go and listen to that series. I don't think I do. actually need to teach much about it again. I'll just take a few minutes along the line. Dominion over sin. We talked about it. Here, 
Paul said, don't be fooled by those who try to make excuses. That's in verse 6. He said, now you have light. Don't let them lie to you. That's one common teaching in some churches around. Tell you that it's, it's your spirit that matters. <laughs> Have you seen it heard it before? Your spirit. Your spirit cannot fornicate. Can't commit adultery. Your spirit can't lie. Why? It's of God. The seed of God dwells in you. Anything you do outside is of the body. Listen to me. It's a lie. What did I say? What did I say? As long as that your spirit and that your soul is existing on this earth, inside this your body, anything you do with it that disobeys God is begging for judgment. Let's continue reading. He said, This light within you produces only what is good and right and true. I said last time, we have a responsibility to separate it from the darkness. Remember that. In other words, in verse 10, Carefully determine what pleases the Lord. 